welcome back guys um i know we took a little hiatus uh last year but we're back 2021 going strong uh welcome back to inside the scoreboard this is jamal hey i'm corey all right let's jump straight into it man the chokers man i can't call no clippers anymore the chokers man they blew a 20 point lead i guess they uh the Warriors last night and paul george once again uh a lot of people hitting game uh, clutch shots in this uh, in this space last night. So um, we're just gonna jump straight into it, man. How do you, so? What's your uh, thoughts on uh, Paul George and the Clippers right now? Uh, I think you hit it on the head, especially with them LA chokers, man. They just are finding ways to lose ball games, but in particularly with PG, he just I I think he's putting more of a target on his back than it than it needs to be. Uh, it, it can, is his performance less than what we normally accustomed to see yes but is his performance bad no pg is still going out there being pg I, last night was just another example of where you saw where maybe one or two times or a few times where pg's defense was questionable but to me it's not really a pg problem it's a clippers problem you yeah. know what i'm saying what what you see i i'm 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 gonna have to agree with you I always say it's more of a Clippers problem because PG, he's playing the all-star level. Like, let's mm -hmm. not get it confused, bro. The only reason people are coming for PG is because he's very transparent and open about stuff. And he just uh, he just talks a lot. And not even talking a lot as far as trash talking. He's just very honest in his opinion, whether you like it or not. Like yep. when Dame hit that shot on him a few years ago in OKC, um, and he was like, that's just a bad shot. It's just a bad shot. He's just real honest. And he's going to just speak his mind. And the thing about the bubble, when he was talking about depression and anxiety and the, about the bubble yep. and stuff like that, he, just, he really just real open with the media and which it, from a, a fan perspective, I, I love. So I really can't condemn him for that. I've just been really giving him a hard time. But when you look at it, man, the, the Clippers, they really just need a point guard, man. Uh, Lou Williams is a score, a nice score off the bench. I love the way Lou Will plays, but Pat Bev, he's a, he's a pest. He can run the offense for a little, for a couple minutes at a time, but he's not a true point guard and that's what they really are missing on that team and Nick Batum is not going to get done as a playmaker with them absolutely bro you got two all-star caliber guys guys that can give you 25 plus seriously any night Kawhi and PG you just need a facilitator and I think with Pat Bev a guy like that like you said he he's not a terrible facilitator but it's definitely more guys in the league or more guys who, who who could get other guys involved better than a Pat Bev, you know? So definitely some Clippers need to go ahead and look into. Great pickup for them with the Nick Batum situation. I mean, I know with Charlotte, it was a lot more on his plate, but for Clippers, that works good for, for them. Uh, Nick is able to knock down shots, move the ball, things like that. But Yeah, he can be that, that seventh or eighth guy. Or <laughs> yes. You know, I'm not a big fan of Nick Batum. Um, I'm not going to touch on him too much, but, you know, I feel like he uh, – we basically uh, contribute a lot of money to Nick Batum charity and uh, yep. he just played like shit for Charlotte. I'm just be blunt as possible. He knows it. Uh, he just stole money. I don't blame him. I would have stole $120 million too. So yep. I could put more points to him. Um, uh, I mean, for real. But, yeah, I'm going to – getting back to uh, that point guard, I mean, when you look at a Kawhi and PG, let's see, like PG put up 25 points, seven assists, and four rebounds. I mean, like I say, all-star caliber performance. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard, uh, 24 points, four assists, and three rebounds. I mean, the scoring is there. And those guys are good defenders. Um, and like you said, who can they get for a point guard? I know uh, Eric Bledsoe was thrown out there. He doesn't really move the needle for them, you know, nope. to be honest. Uh, 
Lonzo would be a guy that can kind of do it. Is Lonzo, he's a high IQ player, but is he that far advanced in his game to be able to, because to be a guy, to be a point guard for them, you're going to have to tell them where to go and have to be yes. that leader. You you can't kind of take a back seat. You're going to be able to, you're going to have to speak up for yourself on uh, being a point guard for a team like that. You can't take a back seat. And who, okay. who can that point guard be? I'm not sure. Like I said, maybe Alonzo Ball a few years later down the road could be that guy for them. Like I said, I think he would definitely be a hell of an upgrade for what they have right now. Um, yes. But they just definitely need somebody to take a man of that uh, the offense. Like I said, they they kind of missed their opportunity. They could have acquired Chris Paul, possibly. I don't know if they had to write I know, trade trip chips to get that done with OKC this past yeah. season. But uh, Chris Paul would have been that guy that would definitely – I wouldn't – I would have been scared for the Lakers if they were going to have to play the uh, the Clippers in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and not this, again, I feel like we, what we're saying right now, we're both saying the same thing, but just to reiterate, we're not taking anything away from Pat Bev. He just can't be the number one facilitator on the team. Uh, so, like you're saying, with a guy like Lonzo, I would take a, a current Lonzo over yeah. Pat Bev facilitating the Clippers only because it's just some natural things that Lonzo has proven right now that I know he'll get Kawhi, he'll get Ibaka, he'll get a lot of those guys involved on a re- much more regular basis. And, and he's cool with the stat sheet, five points for him, 10 assists. You know, yeah. he, he, he's cool with that. And, and a team, that's really what they need. Um, yeah. And he give you still give you that defensive factor as well. Yeah, because he can't lock up. And he's very versatile wing without fouling as much as Pat Bev does. You know, he can hold, he can uh, switch that one to three pretty solid without causing a bunch of just no unnecessary noise. Like I said, sometimes that is necessary, not like what Pat, Bre- Pat Bev brings to the table, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's a little too much barking with not enough bite behind it. And um, when you look at it, kind of going back to the Paul George situation, and I know it was a montage going around last year, people just knocking down game winners in Paul George's face. I like that Paul George does step up and takes on that responsibility to be the guy that's going to guard the best player at the end of the game, at the end of the game situations. And sometimes oh, yeah. people are going to knock it down, and some people, sometimes they're going to miss it. It's just that Paul George is that caliber of player, and he's on the Clippers. There's a lot of tension on the Clippers right now. So any anytime uh, a clutch bucket gets made on him, uh, uh, gets, uh, made on him it's just going to look bad just because the Clippers are who they are, and they have a lot of tension on them right now. Exactly. It's L.A. It's just a lot more odds than any other franchise right. in, the, in the league. I mean, and, and once again, this kind of goes back to PG kind of putting that pressure on himself. Um, he's not the only superstar that has gotten, you know, game winners dropped on him. Giannis is, has got a couple dropped on him. Um, I mean, it, it happens. It's a make or miss league. We in a league of, this is a league of professionals. So these guys are professional shot makers. Sometimes it's just not, it's just nothing you can do. But again, with PG situation, I think it's a lot more attention given to it because of some of the things he says. And of course, because of the way they departed last year, it's just, a lot of attention is going to be on L.A. all year. I mean, just for the rest, it's going to be a lot of attention on L.A. So I hope the CPG kind of shape up and they win some games. Yeah, and I think the problem is PG thinks it's what he does in the regular season that people judge him off of. Yeah. It's like, nah, bro, we know what you are in the regular season, bro. It's what you've been shown in the playoffs these last few years, even with the OKCs and that now with the Clippers, where it's like, Dog, I know you say you haven't been healthy, blah, 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 this and that. But sometimes, bro, you're getting paid to go out there and perform. And I get he had the shoulder surgery and everything. But, dog, y'all can't be going outside sad in the playoffs. Um, 
like the last few years he has been. And it's like you call you, he he named himself Playoff P. And I remember at the press conference when uh, mm. when uh, Melo and Russ was like Playoff P. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm like what, like where, where that come from? You know, we know him as Paul George. So the thing is, like again, Paul, we know what Paul George is in the in the regular season. He's a top ten player in the regular season. It's in yep. the playoff time. It's like, bro, it's just the inconsistency, inconsistency, and that's where uh, the problem is. Where uh, I think that I'm not gonna say I have, but that could be kind of like the call out on him. It's like, bro, you calling yourself playoff P? Show up in the playoff then if you play off P. And that's just my only concern with him. Definitely. I mean, go on. You, you like again? That goes back. You can't make statements like that, man, and not stand on it. Well, you can, but you got to know it's going to be some backlash behind that, you know, if you don't, don't, uh, if you can't cash them checks that you've been writing. Yeah. So, and again, we, we talking a lot about PG, man. I, I think because of a lot of the talking he's doing, but the, those Clippers got to step up. You know, yeah. those Clippers got to step up. So you we'll, know, we'll see how that progresses. And recently with uh, Devin Booker and the call, soft, you know what, um, to his face, I just think that just got overblown. I mean, People talk yeah. all the time, bro. And they didn't, it wasn't even not like no physical altercation. It was just, I think a, a foul had happened and instantly everybody got broke up and they, they had some words. And it is what it is. I, I think the media blew it up. Uh, yeah. Devin Book and Carl, uh, Paul George soft, but it is what it is. Yeah, it was a hard foul on Cameron Payne. You know, Devin Booker being a, a good teammate came came to his aid and it sounded, it seemed like he was reacting off of something Paul said. You know, like he, he it's the moment he intervened you could see PG uh, mouth some words, and then the camera kind of emphasized Devin Booker from there. You know, soft, soft, soft. Yeah, you know. Soft. Yeah. You know, interesting, real interesting. Uh, we, we, I'm just gonna keep my eye on the Clippers, man. I think everybody, everybody's gonna have an eye on the Clippers, and and yeah. just like you said, we're not concerned about regular season PG. Let's see if it's playoff P in there. <laughs> yeah, for real, because we know Kawhi gonna bring it. Uh, he's shown that with the Spurs and the Raptors last year. Yeah. You know, it was a little shaky, but. I mean, I, I have more faith in Kawhi than I do Paul George in the playoffs. Oh, more faith in – more faith – yeah, I got more faith in Kawhi than I do PG for sure. For and sure. so since we are uh, speaking on uh, the game from last night, Steph had another big game. Um, how do you feel? Like people kind of jumped down his uh, down his throat uh, at earlier on in the season. I mean, we still early in the season. I mean, the first yeah. couple games, I mean, they had a tough schedule, bro, playing the Nets, and then they ended up playing – they played the Nets and then they played the Bucks and they, they just got their ass blown out, bro. I mean, yep. it's no uh, easy way to put it though, but they just got their, uh, got their bus beat out there. And I felt like, to me personally, I was like, man, people are just going hard on stuff right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know people say, oh, no, nah, if he's supposed to be this transcending, transcending player, why isn't he performing right? And I'm just like, dog, like, we're not going to not, uh, he's one of the top shooter of all time. And I think people forgot that. For sure. And I, I, I like you saying that this season, I think with the expectation, you know, Clay going back down, just looking at the roster, seeing them, we, we're not used to seeing this caliber of Warriors. Yes, we saw it last year a little bit here and there, uh, you know, just w as far as talent wise, they just didn't have the options. But coming in this year, we were all anticipating the return of Clay Thompson. And with him going down and for Steph to still find a way to put out these, I mean, montage performances and find ways to win games against a team like the Clippers, I think it just goes to more more credit to Steph, more credit to Steph, you know, uh, still being able with with the team. I mean, on I mean, on the, it, coming into the game, their defensive scheme is completely against Steph Curry, completely against Steph Curry. So for you to find a way to drop 60, to turn find a way to drop 38, and to find a way to win a game, 
I think it just goes to credit, you know, Steph Curry. What you think? Oh uh, yeah, and I think um, the uh, bigger like uh, the microscopes need to needs to be on uh, Steve Kerr than Steph Curry. I mean, we uh, Steph Curry is a proven commodity, and Steve Kerr, you really hasn't had a team that didn't have three All Star. Well, yeah, three All Stars really at one time. Because mm-hmm. we look back at it uh, three or four years ago, Draymond, Clay, and Steph were All Stars, and then you had the role players to back it up. And then you come and get KD, and it's like, okay, bro, are you really coaching? Or are you just letting this, uh, all this talent kind of coach itself and just saying things here and there? You know what I'm saying? It's just, right. You're not, are you being a coach or are you just being the guy that, you know, just run a few plays here and there, call timeouts? You know, just yep. easy to go out there. I'm not going to say it's easy. Easy. It's just more so uh, containing egos and stuff like that. You're doing ego management, uh, so to say, than more than coaching, probably. But um, credit to Steve Kerr, I mean, he does have three ring, rings, though, even though it should be Mark, Mark Jackson. But that's another topic for another, uh, <laughs> another day. But we're not going to uh, jump down on that. But, yeah, I just think uh, Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, they're going to be inconsistent, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we, they, weren't, they weren't consistent before this season, you know? So, I mean, would I be surprised if they make the playoffs? Not really. But would I be surprised if they don't make the play, playoffs? Not really. They're in that. They're like in that kind of space right now where it's like they're just gonna be fighting for that AC, really. Yep, that's that's really all it is. And and I mean, whether they make the playoffs like you said or they don't, I think we still gonna look at Steph as the greatest shooter of all time. There's nothing that he can really do this season that's gonna take away from his resume at all. Um, I, like you said, if, if it's any pressure on anyone within the Warriors, it'll be on Steve Kerr. Just kind of, yeah. I, you remember a few years ago between that with that same situation with Eric Spo, Coach Spo, you know, coming out, uh, had the three all-stars with Chris Bosh, LeBron Wade. We was thinking, you know, is it was it just a lucky streak? And you see he's kind of proven to be an elite coach in this league. Kerr is going to have the same trial. Hopefully it comes out the same result. I would say Eric Spo had more like before the big three. He was there a few seasons, maybe I know at least two, some years before and getting them into the playoffs with just like Dwayne Wade. Udonis Haslam Haslam had a bigger role and they were still making the playoffs. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna compare the two. I think if Eric Spo had a team like uh the Warriors right now, you would see just uh, a bunch of dog energy going out there to fight each and every day. Like I think he's one of my like favorite coaches because the Heat are always gonna be in the uh in a dog fight no matter where it's not gonna be an easy win. Um so um I'm gonna have to probably disagree with you on that. They're they're in two different categories as coaching. I think Eric Spoke Eric Spoke is uh clearly a way better coach than uh Steve Kerr. Oh, at this point, yeah. But I mean as far as the going through that trial of having to prove themselves, Kerr is approaching yeah. that that yeah, yeah. state where he's gonna have to prove himself. Definitely yeah. has not proved himself to be as good as Coach Spoto. Yeah. And um kinda cause we touched on Giannis. Well, you mentioned Giannis, we can just go ahead and talk about that real quick. Um, Giannis has been kind of, I ain't going to say disappointing, but, I mean, when we saw when they uh, played the Celtics a few weeks ago, and, man, just doinking free throws, bro. Like, what are you doing out there, man? Yeah. Like, on the line, you're supposed to work on your game. That The free throws should be something that just comes easy, you know, and that's one of my biggest things I get on LeBron about. Like, bro, like, come on, man, just make your free throws, bro. Like, just go to the line and just knock them down. They free throws for a reason, you know. Especially when you get paid this uh um this amount of money, just knock down the free throws, but 
Giannis' this game hasn't grown to me. I mean, it's like the same old stuff. Go down, Euro step, go down, spin move. Like, bro, just get a jump shot. And and I think I think that's that's kind of the stuff that's being overlooked. I don't I know me and you are seeing it, but I don't really know if it's being brought to light around the league. I mean, and it's hard to to have those conversations about Giannis when he's averaging 27 points, five assists, you know, shooting 50, 50 over 50 percent from the field. It's like double digit rebounds. Yeah, it's hard to to, you know, to kind of get on Giannis. I, I know it's crazy. Like you do bring up some good points. But I guarantee you at the end of the year, Giannis will once again be in the MVP conversation. I don't think he will win it. I have some other guys that I feel like will win it, but he will be in a conversation just because he's a stat sheet fuller. He go, You know what you're getting. It is disappointing, though, to see Giannis once again not come out with an improved jump shot. We're seeing the same basic – not basic, but his same Euro step, spin move to the left, finish with the right. Like, it's the, it's the same move. So it is disappointing to see that this guy didn't work with his free throw didn't work in his jump shot, but yet you call yourself a hardworking NBA. It, it just, it's hard to see what was worked on during the offseason. Yes, I know it's a limited offseason, so I just want him to just show it in the playoff time because, bro, the court gets smaller, you're going to have to knock down shots, and I think that's the big thing mm -hmm. with him. Like, Milwaukee doesn't fear anybody in the playoffs at mm -hmm. all. Um, I know they made the acquisition of Drew Holiday. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, it moves it up a little bit, but, bro, they the success doesn't come off of Drew Holiday playing well. It comes with Giannis playing well. And yes. It's a, the, the team revolves around Giannis, and the team is only going to go so far, um, basically going as far as Giannis can take, but not Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. So, like yes. I said, man, just add more to your, uh, to your game. You, we see the, uh, the Jalen Browns and the Jason Tatums, they coming out strong next year and firing on all cylinders. Yeah. So, there's no reason why Giannis shouldn't be in that same category as far as, like, growing his offensive game. I mean, I, I completely agree. And I think when you go talking about playoffs, because that's like, we're not questioning the Bucs. They're one of the best regular season teams that we've seen within the last five years. So we're not questioning the Bucs regular season. It's all about playoffs. And it does revolve around Giannis. And what we've seen in playoffs, the game's going to slow down. Pe teams are going to set a whole defensive scheme straight for Giannis, the whole series straight for Giannis. And you're going to see where his offensive game is limited. If he's not scoring off the boards, if he's not, you know, scoring a fast break, his points are not going to look the same. So he got to work on this. Got to work on the jump shot because it'll help everybody around him. And then say if it's not your, you know, your jump shot, but at least have a cold post-up game, you know, footwork and everything. I mean, you seven feet. You seven feet. Give me, you know, come on. Give me, yeah, give me something, bro. Like the dunks is cool and everything, but it just shows Miami was able to just put Bam on them, uh, play tough defense and get dubs on them. So, uh Milwaukee really needs it's all about matchups with Milwaukee. I too think like if they match up against Miami or Boston, that's when it can get real shaky for them. And possibly even the Nets. Um, you know, if a motivated KD, that's not gonna be no easy victory. Oh, uh you mean for for the Nets it won't be, or are you saying for the Bucks? For the Bucks, it's not gonna be easy coming out the East this year. Oh yeah, no, no. Um I, I I'm I can see them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals because they still do have a complete team as far as um, a guard, a real point guard, uh, a decent bench, shooters. So I can see them making it that far. But if Giannis doesn't, you know, step up, they, they definitely won't make the Eastern Conference Finals again. Yeah. And um, another thing that's been disappointing, um, the Wizards, man. I know I, me and you talked um, mm -hmm. off the podcast a few weeks ago before the uh, season had started. And I was talking about, you know, the Wizards being the fifth or sixth seed in the East, bro. I was like, man, with a backcourt like that, it's no way. Those guys shouldn't be in the playoffs. And 
I just don't know what's not clicking with them. It's just, bro, they're, they're just playing real disappointing. I mean, they're, they're filling up the stat sheet, building uh, Westbrook, but it's not translating the victories. And like I said, that's just a big disappoint, disappointment for me. It is a disappointment. Um, I think one thing we can't do this time, at least not as of now, is point the figure at Russ. Uh, seem like seems like Russ is doing his best to fit in within the Washington system. You've seen Russ not take as many shots, especially through the first three or four games. It, Russ was not taking as many shots as we are accustomed to seeing. Um, I don't really know what they need to fix. You know, I know Washington isn't the best team on paper, but I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking two W's right now. That's not what I would have guessed. As we're like eight, nine games in the, into the season, they've only won two games. That's not my – that wouldn't have been my guess. So what do you think Washington needs to do, I mean, as far as to get – to kind of get to the next level? Consistency, right? Uh, it looks like they're in games. Uh, that was in a close game with Philly at one point. Actually, mm -hmm. uh, close games with Philly. Um, Bill dropping 60, uh, 62 to be exact. And it's just like, man, is it is it coaching? You know, Scott Brooks, I mean, you've been kind of – you had the OKC team in the playoffs, and now you're in Washington. Like, bro, like, something's got to give, you know. Um, they are too talented of a backcourt. Uh, forget about the team. I'm just talking about it's a backcourt period. The team not may not be that good as a whole, as talent-wise, but those two in the backcourt, I don't care what conference you're in, those two should be in the conversation. That that team with Bradley Beal and the Russell Westbrook yeah. should be in the – playoffs should be in the conversation when you're speaking to that team. And they're disappointed not to see them uh, get off to uh, an early, uh, a good head start. But like I said, it's still early, so anything yeah. change, you know. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put too much of an emphasis on them not playing well right now. But we'll see a couple more months into the season. I will, I will say, I'm, I'm I like you, like you say, it's a big disappointment. But and it's, but it is early. I'm expecting Washington to kind of come out of this and still some somehow find a way you know, to make the playoffs. They, they started off rough, man. I mean, Philly is not a an easy team. Uh, they should have beat Orlando with the back-to-back -back at Orlando. They should have beat at Chicago at least once. Yeah. Um, but they also play Brooklyn, and they also play Philly again, and they also play Boston. So that's, that's, a, that's, yeah, that's, that's a tough schedule. It hasn't been easy. So, yeah, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that part, especially playing Philly twice because uh, the Philly show worked up on the Hornets uh, the two times we, uh, we played them. Um, and before we get on to the Hornets, I just kind of want to touch on uh, everything, not everything across the NBA, but um, just trying to get on uh, some of the topics that's been going around. Uh, what did you think about that whole uh, tweet about, um, I think it was Marvin Bagley Sr. who tweeted out that his, uh, the, the Kings need to trade his son? <laughs> hey, for him to say that, I'm assuming – it's just it just hit the tipping point over there uh, on, on in Sacramento, but completely inappropriate. There, you know, Marvin not even that type of guy to where he has that much pool. You know, he hasn't really even proven himself to be an all star. Uh, hasn't even proven himself. Well, he's proven himself to earn some minutes, but not not to where you should be making any sort of demands, Dad. So I I completely disagree with the way Dad went about it. Um, no, I can't say I disagree with his reasoning because I don't know his reasoning. Um, I think it's a little funny how I think De'Aaron Fox is dead. Also kind of piggybacked off that tweet. Um, I don't don't quote me on it, but somewhat suggesting, okay, go ahead and trade him. Um, yeah, I think it was pretty much like uh, trade his ass. Okay, basically like, okay, you you know, you want to complain about it. All right, go ahead and trade him in. Basically, because you're not De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't, 
We don't need you. You're not Buddy Hill. I hate to say it, but you're not. You you're decent, Marv, but you haven't you haven't shown anything, man. So I dad definitely take a back seat and just kind of let the game game go go through itself and let your son explore his options himself. Um, do you think he'll actually get traded? Uh, possibly, bro. I mean, he's just they put some invested so much in him as far as draft capital. He was picked over Luca, you know. So it's kind of that thing where it's like, damn, like you were the guy that was picked ahead of Luca. Oh my goodness. You know, and Trey Young and Luca Luca was in that same draft, and bro, you were hurt last year, and you, you put up 14 last year and 14 in your rookie season. I think he's putting up like 12 right now, and it's just not translating into uh, to much success. I mean, they had a little bit of success last year. Um, there was in the, uh, the play-in for the uh, bubble, but he hasn't. His game hasn't grown. Like I said, he's still because he was injured last year. I'm giving him a little bit of a pass, but maybe it's just that his dad felt like he should have a bigger role in that team. Um, so, he, like I said, he's still young. I'm not going to uh, say he's haven't had – he doesn't have the right tools, but he definitely uh, – I feel like he should be putting up bigger, bigger numbers. I'm not going to lie. From uh, putting up, let's see, 12 and whatever else he's putting up for a guy that was coming out and supposed to have been the best player in that draft. Come on. Expecting, you know, I'm expecting much more uh, from him. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's kind of been – disappointing because you know he was a big name and now he's kind of like he's kind of uh, for, uh forgot about to, uh, to be honest when it comes to thinking that it's uh king's team you think of uh darren fox and buddy hill and yep. even luke walton before you think of him i mean like i, I think you hit it on the head <laughs> he got picked over luca you know he got picked over luca so that right there lets you know the expectations for this guy um and it, and it, it, it not saying he won't be a, in the league. You know, we've seen guys like Marvin, but he's not a number one option. He's not even a number three option. So, he, yeah. No, I was going to say, he has potential, bro. Got a little bit, bit of a smooth game. Maybe he thinks his game is smoother than what it, you know, maybe he thinks he really liked that on offense. He seems like he has that finesse game to it. But um, he just needs – he has the potential 6'11", 240. Like, bro, just bring it all together, you know. Um and I, I don't think his dad is up in his case, man, by saying trade him. Um, yeah, I mean, his son's on a on a nice young team. Uh, they, they have potential, you know. Don't 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 mess it up for him. That's all I'm saying. And just continue to he need to continue to work on his game. I, I see what you're saying with the potential size wise, but I think Marvin Marvin Bagley has showed us like his game, and we we see what works in the NBA as far as superstar all star type guys, and he doesn't have it. Um, he'll definitely be a, a He'll definitely be productive. He'll definitely be a, a good guy to have on an NBA team. Um, but, but I'm not sure what Dad was really trying to get at, you know, by suggesting suggesting that. But oh, ho hopefully it all works out for him. We'll see with everything going. Yeah. And uh, let's just uh, – I guess we can jump straight into it. Uh, the Let's talk about the Hornets, man. Um, coming into the season, I know I was – I wasn't mad at the uh, Gordon Hayward signing. Mm -hmm. I was a little more like, damn, that's a lot of bread to give him, you know, for a guy that's been kind of inconsistent as far as health-wise. And I kind of had to take a backseat to uh, Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, Kyrie, then taking the backseat to Kimba. Um, I just was like, wow, that's a lot of money, you know, to give this man. Then you didn't uh, get rid of that Nick Batum contract. Uh, you're still going to have to pay him now and this year next and next year and the year after that. So I was like, damn, you know, this is a lot of money we got invested in him. So we pretty much pay him uh, Nick Batum money and, uh, and, so. and 120 million as it's counting towards the cap, the, uh, the cap space. Uh, but 
I, you know, I want the Hornets to go out there big man. I thought Christian Woods would have been a uh, Christian Wood would have been a good fit uh, for him, and he's showing that he's a guy that's probably going to compete for the most. That's probably going to win that most improved player uh, award. But so far, I mean, has Gordon Hayward been worth the money t- to you? For what was available, I guess. For what was available, I guess. And, and for what he's showing so far, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's our leading scorer. He's leading the team or close to the top in minutes. Uh, so, I mean, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And we've won a few games, I feel like, because of his efforts. Um, so, I, worth the money, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to say yes. But I want to bring up something that last night Stan Van Gundy brought up um, uh, while he was commentating for the game. And he said that he was questioning when are the Hornets going to focus on getting better. He felt like we just threw the money at at not just Nick, but Gordon as well. Do you kind of agree with that? Do you feel like we should have maybe taken this year to kind of rebuild, hold on to that capital and just see what we could do in the offseason? What do you think? Yeah, and that was a uh, – I think that was a – Jeff Van Gunny, the um, – Oh, Jeff. Sorry, yeah, not yeah, Jeff, yeah, that's all good. Um, but – yeah, I mean, really, I felt that was a. I felt like, damn, that we just overplayed our hand. You know, we just wanted to get a name in here uh, for the sake of having a name on our team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the team would have been fun to watch in this year with just having Lamelo, and then maybe a few other guys. You know, picked up in free agency, not no big name guys, just some guys that just can go out there and compete and knock down some shots. You know, because yeah. uh, I wasn't expecting them to sign anybody. What ideally, I wanted them to. Uh, to try to uh, sign Brandon Ingram to an offer, offer sheet, but I knew that was kind of far-fetched because I knew anything he was going to uh, get offered, the, uh, the Pelicans were going to match it. I would have liked, you know, a younger player, a nice young all-star caliber player to get picked up, maybe trade for a Zach Levine, something to that, you know, for a guy that kind of matches up with the timeline of all our other uh, young players, Zach Levine, Brandon Ingram, kind of all in the same age bracket as far as our team development. But going after an older guy, um, not too old, 30 years old, but Gordon Hayward is supposed to be on their winning caliber team, somebody competing in the playoffs. And I don't think we're there yet. So it was surprising to see them throw that much money uh, at Gordon Hayward. And I thought they were just going to let, you know, the Malik Monks of the world, the Miles Bridges and the Devontae Grahams just, just grow, you know, again this year and see what uh, steps they can take. And it yeah, kind of has them taking the back seat a little bit. I mean, yeah, because <clears throat> don't get me wrong, while the money was worth it, Gordon doesn't take us to the next level, like you're talking about. So it kind of it would have been probably a little more appropriate to get a guy age-wise that fits with the guys we got now, just so we all can just keep the development going. Yeah. Um, but I kind of get why as well. We're really young. So throw a guy a vet like Gordon in there, kind of balance things out, keep guys calm in certain situations, keep guys head level, um, help these guys get some experience. So it's it's kind of a it's 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 a win with it's some pros with both of those situations. I would have definitely preferred for the team to keep the money and just focus on getting better, rebuilding, because we got a lot of young pieces right now and we're kind of picking up traction a little bit. But I feel like by the end of this year, we'll probably be talking with the Hornets taking that eighth spot, that eighth and uh, eighth spot in the playoffs. Yeah, because they're showing. I mean, last year they were somewhat competitive, and this year they're showing that they're they're actually can be they can be in more games. And you see mm-hmm. it with uh, Gordon dropping 40, 44 on Atlanta, and I think last night he had 
24 or 26. Um, don't quote me on that last stat. Um, but yeah, uh, you talking about last night? Yeah, last night. I think yeah, like 24 or 26. 26 and seven rebounds. Yeah, so he's a guy that you can go to, you know, in late game situations, kind of uh, keep the team in the game, make mm-hmm. those smart, better in place. Um, this just goes back to the question: Was it was it worth it taking away the minutes from a uh, from a guys like Jalen McDaniels, the Bleak Monks? Because um, the Martin twins are getting their minutes over, you know, Malik Monk. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, right. But we'll touch on that a little bit later. But as far as Gordon Hayward is concerned. I like his production. I would say that I like his production. Maybe not in love with the contract, but the production is there. The production is definitely there. Um, like you said, not in love with the contract, but trying to give Mitch a little confidence. I mean, Mitch has kind of proven himself so far. We're, we're better. We're better with Mitch than we were before because of some of his decisions that he's made. So I'm going to trust this one. Um, and and hopefully we're still able to kind of throw our name in a hat when a, a high top free agent is available so we'll see yeah because gordon i mean he's putting up 22 uh mm-hmm. points uh almost 50 percent from the uh field goal percentage and uh close to six rebounds and four assists a game so is he filling up the stat sheet yes he's playing like an all-star he's playing like a, a all-star that's maybe deserving of some money 120 million 120 million is a lot but he's he's showing that I can put up points, I can put up numbers. And he's putting up better numbers than I thought he would. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, go ahead, my bad. No, you're, you're, I was going to say, if that can translate to wins, more wins, that'd be great. And I kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of like exaggerate by saying, can, can he be what Jimmy Butler was to the Heat last year? Might be Y'all be disrespecting Jimmy, man. Y'all be disrespecting Jimmy. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. I'm not sure your thoughts on Jimmy Butler because I want everybody. I want everybody to feel, feel your fan, hear you fan girl over Jimmy Butler. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not. You know, we ain't got to get as deep as it was. We spoke about it. I know we spoke about it off the podcast, but Gordon is not gonna carry the Hornets like Jimmy carried it. The Heat, not even close. Not even close. I think. I think we, because they didn't win that championship, we overlooked so many tough buckets down the line to where the Heat wouldn't have even been in that position without Jimmy. And yeah. Gordon is not that guy. And a lot of guys made plays that uh, for Jimmy when Jimmy wasn't happening. I mean, of course, he put his heart on the line, but it was a lot of other guys other than Jimmy Butler out there making plays, man. But was, he, he, was the, he, he was definitely the guy for the Heat, I will say that. But where you lost me was calling him a top 10 player. Right now, Jimmy deserves that nine or ten spot. Right now, Jimmy deserves that nine or ten spot. We keep giving it to these. Uh, I don't want to. No, I guess front runners is the most appropriate. He does. He definitely he deserves that nine or ten spot. Jimmy deserves that nine or ten spot. It's a lot of front runners right now that we hear a lot about. But if you're not a Luca, if you're not a KD, if you're not a LeBron, um, it's not. It's not obvious. It's not an obvious choice for me. It's not an obvious choice for me. At all, it, I'm taking I'm taking Jimmy, I'm taking Jimmy over Russ right now. Mm, mm, okay, uh, okay, you know that's a, that's a easy, you know that, that you know that ain't no <laughs> no hot. That's tech tough, right there. That's I tough, mean, Russ. But you see what Russ is doing right now. I, like I said, it's still early in the season, but it's who you gonna? Let's top ten right now: LeBron, James Harden, Giannis, Kawhi, AD. Hold on. LeBron one, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not in any order, but LeBron one, KD two, Kawhi three, Harden four, Steph five, eighty six, um, Dame Lillard seventh maybe, uh, and then that's kind of gonna get a little shaky. You can throw Kyrie in there. Uh, did I say Damian Lillard? Yeah, you said D Lil. Okay, Damian Lillard. I said KD. Joel Joel Embiid. No, that's Whether where you we like it or not. Top ten. Nah, Paul that's George. Not, that's not my top. That's not in top ten for me. Paul George and I say Giannis. I say, hell no, hell no. You put hell no. Go ahead though. Yeah, man. So yeah, you putting PG? You taking PG right now? PG over last year, Jimmy? Like I said, we're talking about regular season. Are we talking about playoffs? But I'm going off. Uh, Paul George has proven himself enough times with Indiana. Uh, like I said, maybe not a lot of times, but he has shown consistency where we can't just knock him out that top 10 player. Like I said, he he catches a bad rep because of the shit he says, like saying playoff P or saying that Damian Lillard's shot was a bad shot, you know. But is Paul, G, Paul George a top 10 player? Yeah, I'm going to have to give him that. I'm definitely not giving PG that top 10 spot. Uh de- Like, not definitely not. PG makes top 15, but to be in the top 10, you – all those guys that we just named are guys that are straight shot makers. You need a bucket. They've proven themselves to take their teams. PG has not done that. You just named LeBron, AD, uh, Harden. Like, these are the leaders of their team. You know what I mean? And I feel like he he hasn't, he hasn't proven that. We love to see it. We love to talk about it because of those Indiana days and because he can. His defense is elite. He's an all-star caliber. Just not top 10. I'm not taking anything away from PG. I got to be clear. He is a top player in the league, but not in my top 10. Well, that's where I don't think I'll put it like this. I don't think Jimmy Butler is like you can just say Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player. You can debate it. And that's what we're doing. He's arguably the top 10 player. I'll throw that in there. But he's debatable with a bunch of other guys like the D books, the uh, Donovan Mitchells, the Joel Embiid's. Like he's all in that category because we can't just look over uh, Donovan Mitchell when he's done. Since he's gotten to lead team in the playoffs every uh, every year with subpar talent, so I'm not gonna just discredit guys like that. You know, that's true. Like I say, it's it's debatable with Jimmy Butler as a top ten uh, player. Not leaving that, that, but yeah, that, that top eight, that top eight is solid. After that, you got about seven or eight guys you could kind of discuss. Yes, if you want to throw them in there or not. Uh, I'm gonna keep my eyes on him this year, man. If he can replicate or even come close to what he was doing last year, he'll he'll hold that top spot. He'll okay. hold that. If they if they have success in the playoffs again, or if he just uh, goes crazy like he did last year, then we can revisit that current uh, this conversation. But um, not to steer away from the Hornets, uh, let's kind of get back to it. Uh, what's your uh, thoughts on the Miller Ball so far? Uh, that's exactly what I was about to bring up. Um, I definitely think so far he's surpassed my expectations and the reason why I say that is because I will admit I was kind of on the fence about him I felt like he was an immediate bust you know kind of pre-draft this is pre-draft I thought he would be an immediate bust uh not at all what we because I think because a lot of the tape and a lot of the things that we see are he say she say so we're seeing guys oh we've seen him overseas great size great talent we're seeing his high school tape we're seeing uh a different size of LaMelo but as the draft kind of got closer, you kind of pinpoint on his skills. I mean, you got a six, eight point God, a guy that can see the whole floor, 
uh, facilitates. Scoring, of course, can be improved. His shooting can be improved. But as far as the immediate attributes that we've already seen be successful in the league, he has Hall of Fame passing. So I, I'm I'm very impressed. What what you think? Uh, I wanted you know I wanted the wise the wise the James Wiseman. I, I really wanted him. I thought fit wise as top three players with the uh, top three picks was uh, Edwards Wiseman and Lamelo. I thought mm-hmm. James Wiseman fit better than all three of them. Just for a fit of need, you know, a seven-one big man who can move, who can protect the paint, rebound, and defend. Yep. I like Wiseman as a better fit as a scorer. You know, okay, you know, Charlotte could use another scorer um, on the wing. You know, and that's when I'm like, oh, Anthony Edwards. But you know, realistically, I didn't think that was going to happen. But a lot of people thought Lamelo could have went number one, and I'm seeing why. Because I mean. When you, you touched on it, you, you really couldn't watch much film on LaMelo. You had the few little highlights of him overseas. And mm-hmm. then you had the uh, the high school tapes of him cherry picking a lot, you know. Yep. And it wasn't much on him. And, but the passing so far has just been out of this world. I didn't, I did not expect his game to be this advanced. I thought, you know, he would have a few flashy passes here and there. But, man, I mean, he's – he looks like a, I'm not going to say a veteran yet, but he looks like a guy a few years from now would be probably one of the top point guards in the league. And I'm, that is not an under, understatement by, or exaggeration by any means. No. I, I really not like the way he controls the offense from getting the rebound and pushing the rock and find the open guy. Like from start to finish, LaMelo is running the offense the way a point guard should. And I'm just, I'm, I'm super impressed, honestly. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not too concerned about the shooting. I was. That was one thing. I was. Que- I was questioning the shooting because we have had guys like MKG coming to the league and um, just with a funny jump shot and not really uh, and not being able to develop it. So to see him have you know an uh, unorthodox jump shot and not mm-hmm. down, almost like a, a Sean Mary, you know, it looks different, but it goes in. You know, it goes in enough where you have to respect it. And yeah. That's good enough for me, honestly. And he's showing that he can finish. He had a couple of nice finishes on uh, uh, throughout the season, even uh, one on uh, Embiid that I like. And I mean, man, his his playmaking has really just uh, kind of impressed me. Absolutely. I mean, playmaking, I think you just said it right there because he does a little of everything. He can finish at the rim. He can grab a board and push the floor. He can get uh, all the guys involved. I mean, just from a, a young guy to immediately come in the game and show that confidence. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm super excited about what the future holds. I don't think as far as the city of Charlotte, the Hornets, I don't think we've had a guy quite like LaMelo as far as the ceiling being this high. Uh, you know, when Kimba coming in, we definitely, we knew he was getting a, a baller and Kimba surprises, but LaMelo coming in, I feel like the ceiling or potential is, is just a little bit higher. Um, Super excited to see what he can do. His confidence is what excites me the most. Um, he seems like a guy that that is it, his excitement and his confidence is contagious. So he's going to get guys feeling good about themselves, wanting to play, getting guys involved. And as he gets older and more mature and his game gets better, that's only going to improve. I will say, and you probably got something, too, that he could work on. We all got some of these rookies to work on. But his uh, ability to take care of the ball – I would like to see a little bit better with his flashiness a little bit. He can kind of get careless. And at his position in this league, you can't really be careless. So I'm, I'm looking for that to improve. Yeah, I think I think that uh, 
that'll improve over time. Um, he's, you know, he's 19 years old, and you see he almost put uh, triple double last night. Right. Um, and I think he know that with that last pass he gave to Bridges when the shot clock was going down. I'm like, come on, man, you can't just be out here hunting for uh, triple doubles. And I think the coach would kind of, uh, you know, talk to him about that. But other than that, man, I mean, he even on the uh, defensive end, I mean, he's showing the effort, you know, um, he's active, you know, getting steals and everything. And he finds the open guy, man. And that's why I really like, he opens up the whole offense. And I think I'm not one of, I don't want to misspeak, but I think we're one of the top assist teams in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, okay. Yeah, I can't, like I said, I can't pull it up right now. Um, but I think he's one, we're one of the top assist teams in the league. And that's just, I think just all happens to be a part of the LaMelo effect, just, uh, just finding the open teammate. And I think that, Deals with James Borrego, just whoever gets that rebound, he wants him to push it. And I just, I think we're a piece, let me not say that. I think we're a piece away from making some noise with the center. I'll say that. No, <clears throat> you can say that, bro. I, I mean, uh, at least that's what something I, I would definitely say, man. Like, we're really a piece away. When you say making noise, I, just to kind of be clear, we're not talking NBA championship. Yeah, I'm not man. talking about like that. This is Charlotte. We we don't we don't really make we don't make mumbles out here, you know, as far as the NBA team. So we're they're, we're gonna make some noise. We're gonna be a team that coming into you're not gonna really want to play us because you know we're gonna be feisty. You know we're gonna run the floor. You know we're gonna play defense. That's that's what I feel the Hornets will be. Yeah, because when you look at it, man. Uh... Last night, Zion was just getting what he wanted in the paint. And mm -hmm. I know it's Zion, you know, don't nobody want to jump with him. Strong out there. He's a strong, big body guy that dunk on you, block your shot. And as you know, he's he's that guy that just controls the paint. But you have a big man to kind of limit that, you know, a legit big man. You know, that game last night, instead of being a close game, it could have been we won that game by double digits. You know, even though we were down, and I feel like we made some adjustments at halftime of, like, getting more uh, threes and uh, – get more threes involved in the offense and then kind of protecting the paint a little bit. But I feel like that for us to win more games, we need a legit big man. Um, just get kind of protect the paint and then rebound. Definitely. Um, especially with Zeller going down, we're really getting exposed. But and Zeller, uh, not a great big man, but his effort is there. I don't think he would have made much of a difference last night, to be honest. Um, like I said, I like his effort, but um, – I think it's time for the Charlotte really invest. If their next steps should be investing in uh, investing in the big man, if they want to continue on this trajectory, I know, like I said, you gave, they gave Gordon a lot of Hay Hayward a lot of money. So what's this next move from here? Are we just gonna kind of be in this mediocre place where it's like where we had almost like a Kimball Walker where we fighting for that AC? But are we gonna make that next move to acquire another piece and really uh, let um, this team flourish because? Um, Bridges is coming on strong. Lamelo's coming on strong. Uh, Terry Rozier is uh, bringing his uh, game to another level as far as consistency. I think that was a big thing with his game last year. Uh, now he's more consistent with it, and he doesn't have to be the primary scorer on the team. He kind of leaves that to Gordon. Then sometimes he can come in and be that primary guy. But I, I, I really like the direction of the team, I would say, as far as uh, talent-wise. Um, if we could just get a big man. I'm, I know I'm uh, continuing. I'm, I'm not trying to dwell on that, but I think a big man can really make a night and day difference for the team. For sure. Um, I know legit big men are kind of slim to none right now, uh, but that's definitely something that I'm sure they'll keep an eye on because you can't really – the team we got now, we can't really run that small offense with, every, you know, too, too yeah. many nights. So we, we really need a big man. We, we, it's kind of hurting us, but – Because uh, 
I know they like PJ running the five a little bit. You know, he's six seven. He can defend. You know, he can defend. He's a PJ. PJ is a good player, but he's not that rim protector that you need um, coming in uh, to play a team like the Pelicans, where you see like Zion and Stephen Adams. You know, on a nightly basis. You know, it's just it's just not gonna work. And even like Biz, we know Biz is hard as he works. He's just not that guy. You know, he yeah he has undersized too. And um, before we uh, before we finish up, how do you feel about Malik Monk really not getting no minutes? I, I feel I feel like Coach has got to give him more minutes just to kind of because I feel like we're are we in his third year or fourth we're year? Here, we're in his fourth year because uh, he was picked the year before Miles Bridges and Devontae. So we're, he's in his uh, fourth year. Okay, so he's in he's in his fourth year. This is this. We're kind of we're kind of losing our window of potential, meaning we're kind of losing our window of where we can kind of see where this guy goes um, as far as what he can give. As far as talent level, he's proven that. Why he's not on the floor, it might be a little. It's not as black and white. I don't think. I don't as we as we kind of think it is. I feel like it's some behind. You know, he got into some yeah. substance abuse situations and things like that. But as far as talent, this guy needs to. He deserves a shot. What you, you think? Saw, you saw last year. It's like every time he gets you know, gets it going and with consistency, something always happens, uh, you know, some off the court uh, where it's suspension or something, just something always gets in the way of him having like this longevity of consistency, man. And I really yeah. want to see it. And Malik Monk has a lot of, a lot of untapped potential. And I really would love to see him out there on the court with that second unit with LaMelo, Monk and Bridges and whoever else you want to throw out there, maybe Gentleman Daniels. But man, I would love to see that those guys out there together. You know, as much as I like the effort that the Martin twins bring, effort can only get you so far, especially offensively. And I think offensively, good. Yeah, effort is good for defense. You know, I take effort on the defensive end uh, ten times out of ten. Um, but man, can we at least get this man some minutes? You know, on the floor, man. And I, I don't want to see where this. He has to. He gets minutes because of the injury. I don't want to see that happen. I want to see where he legit gets in the rotation because he earned it. And I really want to see what he looks like with that second unit, unit man. I mean, I, I was excited to see LaMelo and Malik Monk. I knew that uh, LaMelo wasn't going to start out the gate. And I was excited to see, you know, at least the highlights, you know, uh, LaMelo pushing that fast break and throwing it up there for Bridges and Malik Monk and seeing what happens. But I just feel like we're missing out on a lot. And let's just give Malik Monk a chance. That's all I want, a chance this year. Yeah. And, and and it's not and and I think as maybe as uh, a coach kind of readjusts the lineup, maybe throw Lamelo into the starting lineup, take some minutes here and there, we might start to see Malik take take off. Um, something I've been concerned about is just something I kind of been keeping in my head. Maybe the reason why he's not touching the floors because this is a guy that they probably are going to want to trade here soon. So or like however the case may be, I, I just would be on the lookout for that. I hope they don't. Um, but I know the realities of the league. A guy's not playing. You got other guys playing better. They might just trade him. So honestly, could you? I would, couldn't you see a trade with? I know we we touched on it earlier, but a, you could kind of see a trade with the Kings, where it's like a Malik Monk for Marvin Bagley. Both teams kind of unsatisfied with their getting out of each player. Really yep. want, want to deal with it and reuniting uh, De'Aaron Fox uh, with Malik Monk. Could that work out? You know. I think that works well with them uh, having another score on 18. Uh, an exciting guard, you know, who has a lot of potential. And then for the Hornets, they get the big man uh, who has mm -hmm. some p potential, you know, maybe not 
that sound defensively, but you can work at it. He has the size, you know, to 6'11", 240. He has the size to be uh, a good uh, big man defensively. So could something like that play out? And we're hearing that John Collins is kind of mad that the offense is running through Trey Young, which is yep. absolutely ridiculous, bro. I don't know how you're mad at that. I know Trey can turn the ball over at times, but, man, you Trey is undeniably, like, a top guard in this league, man. So you're not going to. That's, a, like I said, another day for another topic, but you have a few big men that are kind of, you know, want new uh, new situations, and can Malik Monk be a guy that can initiate uh, those trade talks with those teams? You know, but the, my thing is, like, we're not even building the value of his – we're not building the trade value up from Malik Monk. So what's the point of having him on the bench? If, you, if that's the plan, at least can we build the trade value up for him? Let guys see what you're getting for him? Yeah, yeah I get that too. Go out there, let yeah. him average, you know, double digits off the bench. Um, show the, uh, let him make highlight plays. You know, that gets other teams excited. Like, oh, this guy right here, if he has more minutes, imagine what he can do. We need to build that up. I feel like we're building a trade value of Terry Rozier. Man, that's honestly a guy who I don't want to trade. I, I love his catch and shoot ability. You saw last night. It just you find him on the catch and shoot, and he's knocking that down. And like I said, I would just like to see uh, Malik Monk get some time out there. Yeah, hopefully Coach started to switch up these lineups. I do like your point about uh, Terry. Scary Terry has been coming out in his fullest form. He's, I mean, I think he gave us a couple, uh, a 42-piece this yeah. season already. Yeah, it was like 42. I think that was opening night. And then he had 30-something against, I forgot who he was playing. He had 30-something against. But, yeah, he's been putting up numbers. Now, in those games, do we win much with him doing that? No, but he's showing a guy that can, he can be that, uh, he can be a scorer if uh, need be. Definitely. A guy that can definitely score the bucket, score the rock. Um, and, and other teams would love to have him, honestly. Um, yeah, and I, sure. I'm going to disagree. I'm open to trading him just because I'm all about trying to get the team better. And I don't really see Terry with us long term as far as like playoff pushes. I see more LaMelo and Devontae. I feel like we're better when they play better. We'll become better when they play better. Terry's game right now, it does help us, but it's kind of like individual efforts almost, you know. Um like he's he's kind of he's filling up his his numbers. He's doing what he's supposed to do as a scorer, but I don't really know if that's what we need long term. So I'm cool with Terry leaving as long as we getting great pieces for him. Um, but for right now, t- Terry is, is is what Charlotte is. It's Terry is something Charlotte can use as far as uh, stat sheet fuller, putting points up on the board, keeping the offense in flow. Anytime we kind of don't really know where to go, he's him and Gordon are our reliable scorers. Honestly, yeah. I, I... And like I said, I don't want to trade him. I'm, I'm open to trading him. It's not like he's untouchable by any means. He's, he's not. Mm-hmm. I just like what he brings to the table as far as consistency. Um, like I said, I think that last year was a big part. I don't think he was as consistent as he could have been. And this year, it's kind of like all coming together. As far as Devontae is concerned, we're, he finally put up a, a, a complete game last night. And I hope he can continue to be consistent. And I'm not mad at him having a bad start, honestly, because I feel like, hey, if he starts off bad, maybe we can use that in negotiations to re-sign him for next year. You know, almost on the little wheel type of deal where he's getting paid like $8 million a season, which is, yeah. which is a good deal for um, – I would love to have uh, a bargain deal for Devontae like that because I don't want that – because does he deserve the max? Not really. You know, he no. doesn't deserve that much big, big money. He's shown – because he's still trying to prove himself, um, I think, so – He's still trying to prove himself. Um, if he can give us, a, what, I would say 12, 
to 15 points, five to six assists, and two or three rebounds, and nice field goal percentage, I'm cool with bringing him back. But I just don't want to overpay him, you know. Yeah, I think we kind of riding, you know, throwing him a bunch of money would kind of be riding that high from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that early part of last year, excuse me, early part of last year's season. Um, but I'm, I, again, Devontae, I, I'm with you. He'll be a great guy to kind of keep on as a bargain because I think he will continue to get better. Um, but it, it, it's, it's just kind of important to consider all that as, as far as Hornets front office, consider all that when moving forward. Hopefully they do. Yeah, hopefully they do. Like I said, I just think it's a big man away, and I would like to see Mung get more minutes. Anything else you really want to touch on before you? Man, uh, there's so much, so much to dive into, but we'll we'll hit him with another episode, man. We'll be back with y'all uh, next week. Yep. Next probably, week. Next week we're probably uh, we're gonna let the NFL games play out. Uh, the playoff games play out today, and yep. uh, we hopefully uh, be able to touch on um, Deshaun Watson wanting to get out of uh, Houston. Lamar Jackson, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that this man gets that playoff win because yes. like I don't know why he's the only person getting judged judged off playoff wins. Only at 24 years old and he got an MVP and he's leading his team to the playoffs. Um, but we'll touch on that later, but because I could I could really go on the whole rant about that. But I'm telling um, you, bro. I'm we'll, telling we'll, we'll definitely touch on that uh, next week. But uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. And uh, uh, any last things you want to say, Corey? Ravens is the best NFL team in the league. We're going to smack these Tennessee Titans for uh, district, for beating us last year, and you'll see us in the Super Bowl. That's all, right. all I have to say. Y'all enjoy. I will leave it at that, man. We out. All right.